Today I'm in conversation with Lillian Rowland, who is living in Spain and has been living in Spain for a very long time. Hi, Lil. Hi. Good afternoon. Good day. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a bit cold over here in Spain, but yes, I'm doing very well. Thanks. Good. And um, I, I've known you a long time, but I realize I've never known how come you've ended up living in Spain. So how come Spain? Because you're from Holland, aren't you? You're from the yes. Netherlands. Oh, yes. I'm uh, from the Netherlands. And uh, it's weird. I never told you the story. But yes, um, um, I didn't plan it. It was not like a dream of me to go to Spain. I never even thought about it. But it happened when I was like 18 years old. I had a boyfriend in the Netherlands, a Dutch guy, and we broke up. Well, he broke up with me. So uh, as you understand, uh, when you're 18 and that happens, and it was for me like, you know, the first time really that I felt like, okay, the world is ending. What am I going to do? Uh, I didn't want to study anymore. I didn't want to continue in the Netherlands. I just wanted to go. And as we were planned to go on a holiday to Gran Canaria, which is one of the islands uh, of Spain, I went to the agency because those days you still had to go to an agency, a physical shop to change your flights or trip or anything. So I went there and I told the lady at the desk that I wanted to go somewhere where it was one big party. And she sent me off to Tenerife. And Tenerife is another party island those days, still today, of uh, Spain. And they're part of the Canarian Islands. And I went there just on my own two weeks. I thought, what can happen? I just go, um, see how I, uh, how I like it on my own on a holiday. Obviously, first time on my own as well. And I must say, I had the greatest time ever in there. Um, um, I enjoyed even going uh, on my own to dinner. I went out to clubs at night. Um, it was just an amazing two weeks. And when I got back, I felt that I wanted to go back to the islands. I wanted to go back to Tenerife. Obviously, I didn't know what I was going to do there or how I'm going to do it. So I bought myself another ticket, a uh, ticket for three weeks holiday. And I told my parents um, I might come back after three weeks, but if I find a house and work during those three weeks, I'm not coming back. Obviously, I didn't care what my parents were thinking. I was just, you know, go out uh, free uh, in the world. I will see what happens. Uh, now, nowadays, I think about it, it was a bit harsh on my parents, obviously, but at, those, at that time, I didn't even think about it. I, I just want to be, you know, do my thing. And that's what I did. I went for three weeks, got my, found myself uh, jobs. I found myself a place to stay. And so I never went back. Um, I started there doing jobs like in restaurants, worked in restaurants, I worked for clubs. Uh, um, and in the end, I ended up in an American themed restaurant where I was enjoying what I was enjoying very, very much. I was the only Dutch person there. I met a lot of nice people. Uh, some people still in contact with and some people they just, you know, they you, you cannot keep contact with everyone you meet when you're there on your own as a young teenager uh, in uh, in Spain. But yes, that's uh, that's how it started. And um, I was very lucky. Some people say um, you are very lucky, but then I also think um, sometimes you also have to grab luck or grab opportunities. There might come some risk with it. But I thought if I do it, I probably get up, get somewhere where I, in the end, would like to stay. And I got an opportunity to work in a hotel. There was a director of a hotel who offered me some uh, work uh, at his uh, hotel. And I did that. And there I started off uh, working in a restaurant and in the, in the kitchen, as I didn't speak Spanish by that. 
uh, than yet because I need, didn't need Spanish in Tenerife because it's, I improved my English, I improved my German. So I started off in the hotel, learned a bit of Spanish because there were uh, very kind Spanish people working in the kitchen and they helped me out. Then I worked in the restaurant of the hotel, um, which was very nice as well. But as I was a bit of a chatter, the director saw me more or better working as an entertainer. So then I moved on to be the entertainer of the hotel, which means early in the morning, sports with uh, elderly people, but also youngsters. And in the afternoon, I would do the mini disco with children. At nighttime, we will have a, um, an evening uh, filling show with bingos in all kinds of languages and so on. And I really enjoyed that. But obviously by that time, I think it was like two years I was working there. In total now in Tenerife, I thought I need to get a bit of a more serious job. And uh, in the hotel uh, for that moment as an entertainer, it was not a really, well, for me, it wasn't really a serious job. So I talked to the director and again, I was lucky or I took the opportunity, but he sent me off to Madrid to learn Spanish. And um, he had uh, his ex-wife and children in Madrid and he asked me if I could take care of his kids. And in the meantime, I could learn Spanish. And if I would do that, I could go back to the hotel and work probably as a receptionist or a bit further down uh, or up the chain within the hotel. So that's what I did. Um, I did make a little mistake there because by that time I was 21, 22 and I was thinking, well, you know, taking care of children, what can go wrong? So, um, but I didn't think about culture. I was not aware of culture. And what happens is that when I started taking care of the kids, the kids don't go back uh, at seven o'clock as I was used to in the Netherlands. So you will have them like, the whole afternoon night and that was for me a bit of a struggle because I didn't have much time for myself uh, during the day I would go to classes Spanish classes obviously at the house as well as the children didn't speak English um, I learned a lot of Spanish with them but um, I was not really happy and but I did it for eight months and I learned Spanish basic Spanish and I was happy with that result but I decided to go back to the Netherlands because going back to Tenerife by that time, I was already a bit older. And um, then it was not, uh, you had to get a new contract every month. You have to get, had to get your uh, ID approved uh, every month. And it was a kind of a hustle. So I thought, no, I need to find myself a good steady job. So I went back to the Netherlands started to work for a, a close company, which is a Dutch Dutch company, but it was international. And in the first two months, I realized that they were starting an office in Madrid. So again, I took the opportunity or I was lucky enough to go and talk to the director of the, uh, of the close company. And I asked him if I could help out setting up the office in Madrid. The only requirement he had, do you speak Spanish? Oh, yes, I did. I said so. Then I went off to Madrid. And that's now 27 years ago. And mm. I'm still in Madrid. Not with the same company, but yes, uh, in Madrid. And here I am, yes, 27 a, years later. Yes, a very long love affair with Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, so now I know that story. And um, and then in terms of um, you're talking about cultural differences um, and, and the dichotomy of your expectations with young children and then interacting with the Spanish system um, and things like that. Um, what else have you discovered in terms of cultural differences or learning from your side? Because you know, certainly for me, I've come from, I've lived in several countries, but I've come from England to America and I'm discovering that there are 
wider cultural differences than I would have expected. Um, so is, is, is there any challenges you've overcome in terms of cultural differences? Yes, there are a lot of differences uh, culture-wise, although you will not expect it. But the first thing already was for me, like culture-wise, is eating. The terms of what time you eat, what do you eat at what time. It sounds weird, but I really had to adjust from eating my lunch at 12 o'clock, my sandwich and my glass of milk. I had to change or had to change if you want to adjust to the country I had to move it like around two o'clock and then have your proper meal which now I love to do so because I prefer to have my warm meal during the day and at night a lighter dinner Um, I still cannot get used to it to have my dinner at around 10 I only do that if I go out with friends and we stay out or whatever but uh, that's another thing that I had to adjust to um, also, the living outside, which is like a positive thing, and uh, but I had to get used to it. Like you don't really invite people to your house. You go and visit. Uh, you go to a bar. If you say, oh, let's meet up. The next question is where? It's not like, do I go to your place or my place? No, where are we going to meet? It's always outside. So, and in the beginning, it was uh, surprising and it was a bit more difficult or weird but now it's I love it because that's what I love about Spain you're outside all the time you've got very long days which is also what I'm not really used to because of the weather I personally don't like the hot weather I'm not really fond of the the, the heat or whatever especially here in summer it can be very warm but what I do really appreciate is the long days the long hours of sunlight even if it's cold there's still a lot of sun. And that's something that I was used to really quickly. And I embrace it now that you have long days. A lot of people ask me, um, would you like to go back to the Netherlands? Or uh, do you at this stage would think about going back? If I go back, it will be a lot of, you know, I will miss the long days. And I like the being outdoors and, and meet people outside of your house. So another cultural thing would be the uh, administration. Um, It is uh, a bit slower here. And uh, there was a lot of paperwork that I had to do in those days. And nowadays it's uh, easier and um, for us as Europeans to live in, in Spain. But there was a bit of a cultural change also with buying a house I had that experience already when I had to do it here. It was in a different way. Everything here is a bit more, it, you need you need to know people or people will help you out when, when they know you and uh, you have to write, uh, need, need to uh, meet the right people. I was very lucky. I had a very good uh, uh, bank uh, manager who helped me out. Uh, with all the things to arrange to live here and so on. So um, those are co- uh, cultural things that I had to adjust to and which I now embrace because this is what I'm used to now and I'm perfectly uh, happy with it. And I would not want to change it uh, for mm. anything now. So. Mm. Yeah, so cultural changes, it is, uh, it is a thing and it's good to think about it before you go somewhere. But then again, new things are also, you know, you have to look at it at, as a positive thing. And, um, and, and that's, you know, it's going to be different than in what you're used to in every move you do to any mm. country. Mm. So, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Being ready for the element of surprise. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, And um, you made me think of something. Yeah, there was something I want to ask you in terms of when you've lived in a country a very long time, like you have, and the time passes and you build your life and establish yourself. It's fortunately Spain is not so far from the Netherlands, but it's not next door either. So What's it like in terms of juggling life 
back at home, friends and family. And as you get older, your parents get older. How How is it juggling those kind of things? Because I know my decisions on where to live, whether to stay abroad, not go abroad, have been very influenced by yeah. the situation my parents were in. Yeah. Well, I had uh, first I had in I think it was in year 2000, more or less. First, there was a, a moment, it was the first moment uh, after that I left, that I was struggling with uh, being in a different country. Because my friends that were now also getting, we became become to be adults. So that uh, uh, obviously includes, you know, getting married, having children. And there was a moment that I thought like, I, although you make new friends, obviously, in your, uh, in your new country, mm. it was a moment that I thought, am I doing the right thing? People getting older, thinking about your parents, my friends, getting children, having children. Also, those days, there was not so much WhatsApp or there was no WhatsApp and there was no video calling or whatever. So I couldn't see them on a regular basis. And um, I tried to go to the Netherlands as often as I could, but that doesn't, you don't live their lives at that moment. So I had that uh, um, a bit of a homesick feeling in 2000. Uh, I talked to my friends and they all said like, Leo, you're doing the right thing. You're doing what you want to do. And don't worry, we're here. I'm always here. And Obviously, when you get back to us, if you come over or whatever, we see each other and we go uh, somewhere and I'm meeting children and things. And I had the best friends ever because they always included me, me with their children. Even the children didn't see me, they knew about me or whatever. So that thing that passed away and it was like, okay, cool. I've dealt with it and I made the, the right choice. Then obviously... Um, I did have a bit of a uh, struggle or it was more difficult when like about 10 years ago, no, it was longer than it was 12 years ago. Uh, my father got really sick and then you're in and, and, and yes, I'm lucky I live nearby or it's only two, two hours, 45 minutes to get there. But still, if someone like in my case of my dad, he had a very long uh, sick Bed. So he was a long time in the hospitals, out of hospitals, at home and uh, being taken care of. Uh, when is the moment that you need to say, like, do I want to be there or do I want to be here? Um, it was very difficult. I supported my mom, obviously, as much as I could from a distance. Uh, I went uh, as much as often as I could to the Netherlands. And again, I was very lucky at that time. I was working for a Dutch company who also let me travel to the Netherlands as often as I could and wanted. I could work in the Netherlands. Um, so I must say I've, I've, I've dealt with it at the moment that I had to deal with it. Mm. Um, and uh, also the, the, the time that he passed away, I was not exactly there, but I was there two days before it happened. And it, it was good for me and it was good for him. He was mm. he was okay with it when it happened. And also my mom, she 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 felt that I supported her enough from a distance or being the times that I was in the Netherlands. Mm. But yeah, it's it, it is a scary thing because now obviously it's my mom. What's gonna happen with my mom? You know, mm. I know my mom's gonna live forever. <laughs> so <laughs> You know, like I thought also when I left to, to Tenerife, it was like, well, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Eh? Everyone's going to live forever. You're not going to miss anyone and until it happens. But I think you also have to deal with it when it happens. You cannot plan it. You cannot know what am I going to do at the moment it happens because you have to see it and you have to feel good about how you're doing it. And I, with my dad, I feel that I handled it well and I'm okay with it. Mm. But yeah, it is It is one of those things that is very difficult when you're away. And mm. if you're within Europe, it's doable. You can, you can do it. Mm. Outside of Europe, having your parents in, for example, the Netherlands, then it's more difficult, obviously. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Mm, thank you. 
saying that. And then um, uh, some people know that I've always had a, I haven't fulfilled this dream yet, but I've had a dream to end up living in South Africa. And you did, you beat me to oh, it yes. a few years ago. So oh, yes. what prompted that? Because that just seemed to come randomly. But no. I don't think it was random, was it, at all? No. It was, well, again, as I don't plan, the same with Spain. I didn't plan Spain, not at all. But uh, it was um, one of these trips, you know, there were like offering trips, working as a volunteer to go to South Africa for a month. And I always, all my life, I've been... Uh, or joining uh, NGOs, or I've been helping out also here locally with uh, uh, the Red Cross and so on. So I really had this feeling like I would like to do it abroad. And there was South Africa, or this, you know, this opportunity was in South Africa. So I went for one month. I uh, to uh, told at work that I was just taking one month leave uh, off and it was fine. They, they helped me with it. They even helped me with more. They even helped me to take clothes, uh, extra clothes with me so I can leave it there. And it was very, very good. Again, very lucky. Or I took the opportunity to do this. And I was there for one month and I was very, very impressed and, and very impressed about uh, of the country itself. I went to the part KwaZulu-Natal, Durban area, and I loved the country. I loved the people. I hated what was going on in some areas. And so I came back after a month. Uh, I had been working at the orphanage. I had been going to visit uh, special hospitals, I uh, went to uh, into the rural area. I've saw, I've seen parts of of South Africa that maybe not everyone had seen has seen or can see. But I did all that, and then I went back to Spain. I went back to my home. I went back to my job, but I feel bad. I really was not comfortable doing what I was doing, working at this office, uh, making money for myself. Um, knowing or thinking that I could do much more in South Africa than I was doing in in Spain. And not for myself. I thought I could do more for the country, for the people that I met there. So after four months, I decided to go back. I uh, quit my job. They were not happy, but they understood my decision because I explained to them. I quit my job, I kept my house, uh, I rented it out, and I left. I didn't know for how long. I was going to work for an NGO in, that was quite new, so we were going to start it all brand new and, uh, and with the people that I met there. So I left, and I had this idea, I'm going to save the world in South Africa. I'm going to save these people that I met. And I'm going to be, you know, like so happy for them. But I was getting happy only thinking of it. And I thought that was what I needed to do in my life. So I did. And uh, the NGO where I was working for, uh, helped me out with a lot of things. Um, I started to, a project with teenage boys uh, who I tried to support uh, going to school or continuing at school so they didn't have to work uh, because in, in, in that culture, it's normal that uh, the men of the house or the boys of the house, they need to find a job as soon as possible so they can uh, provide food for the whole family. And um, I try to make these kids to get a better education and at the meantime we will provide food for the family and uh, I loved it and it was great and it was great to work with these teenage uh, guys um, but then I made again the mistake not to take culture into account or I didn't think about the culture because I was just thinking if I bring my European skills to a country as South Africa, to Pasul Natal, to these boys, then they're going to be fine. 
but obviously it didn't work that way. You know, you got to deal with the culture and it's a strong culture. Um, you got to deal with uh, the, the country itself. The, you got to do with uh, partic um, um, political parties. Um, I had so much out of a sudden on my plate and was working against me that I got, you know, I got even sadder and I, I felt that I was not uh, succeeding in, in what I wanted to do. And so um, at that time, I did get uh, some guys staying at my house uh, for once in a while, you know, to recover, they, to, to, to give them some extra attention when they stayed with me or, you know, to make their life a bit more lighter when they're with me, you know, they could watch television and have fun. And it was, uh, in this uh, case, there was also one uh, boy that I helped out because uh, I really saw that he was struggling. Uh, he was an orphan at that moment already. And um, he had some problems with uh, the family he was staying with. They, they couldn't provide food for him anymore. And so uh, he was really struggling. So I started off telling him, oh, you come over on the weekends. You know, you can do whatever you want and just relax. And I felt good about it. It was good to see the guys as well. When they were at my place, they were doing well. So that part was still feeling good to me to do that. But um, I needed to go. I, I couldn't stay there anymore. Um, this is one and a half year later. And um, so I started making plans to go back to Spain. And at this time, this guy that only was supposed to avoid it was only supposed to stay for like over weekends. He was already staying over for, for holidays. And then in the end, he even stayed for a longer time at my place. And um, when I started to do the process to, to leave South Africa, South Africa again, I had this conversation with him and I said, would you like to join me? Would you like to go to Europe? And obviously he was like, why are you asking me? Of course I'm going. And by the time he was 17 years old, uh, yeah, almost turning 18. And so I started the, the process. I had to get him obviously a visa and so on. Um, I went back to Spain already before him because I needed to arrange his papers also here. And um, five months later, I went back to South Africa to pick him up. And I brought him to, to Spain. And yes, uh, although I feel a bit for myself or I do feel that I am um, a bit disappointed what I did or what I could have done in South Africa, uh, I love this experience. It opened my eyes that it's not that easy to just go there with a European uh, idea of saving the world. Um, I learned that you don't give people help or don't help, uh, ask people what they want, what kind of help, and don't assume that someone needs your help and give it to them in maybe a way that they don't need it. Listen more carefully to people. That's a, that's really a thing that I've learned out of it. And, um, but yeah, I, I did bring um, then this uh, boy from KwaZulu Natal to Spain, um, two years ago now, three years ago, it was in 2010 when he came over. And three years ago, I officially adopted him. And I'm very happy that he's here now living his life. And uh, he's enjoying it and teaching English. He got his British uh, to, to be able to uh, teach uh, Spanish kids in English. And uh, yeah, he's doing well. So that's one thing that's very positive of the mm. whole experience. And uh, I'm very happy with it. And he is happy. And that's all I wanted. I wanted to make people happy in South Africa. Um, I probably had make some people at the moment there as well happy. Or it was nice to get to know them. They knew a bit about, about me, about my culture. So I don't see it as a 100% failure. But I do think and I do want to let people know, think about when you move to a country, you do something in another country because, um, yeah, the culture is a thing and respect it 
and um, don't just go there and thinking like I'm gonna continue my way because it's not always the the right way. Mm. But yeah, mm. so yeah. South Africa, I recommend you to go to South Africa a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Thank you. And it, it's interesting what you're saying, because, well, firstly, um, I don't think it is a failure, is it? You know, you, you've ended up making a huge difference to um, a number of people and certainly to this young guy who has a life out of South Africa with a family. He has you as his adoptive mother. He has his own friends, his own network of, you know, he's, he's independent um so he's thriving and um so you know obviously you've made a a huge contribution there but I also think you've allowed South Africa to contribute to you you know in the sense that um all those things you've talked about learning listening more not making assumptions um I think that's a really both those aspects are huge just for anybody moving countries because we do make assumptions we make generalizations we have expectations and when you move all of that is thrown into juxtaposition because it's not exactly how we saw it um but also I think when you go thinking you're out to make a difference invariably we're not dealing with the reality we're dealing with what we think is the reality so you know, you allow the reality to wash over on you rather than you wash over on it. And yeah. um, and so it's so and that's when we can then start being a contribution when we're being educated and then providing whatever we have if we have what they need. Um, so, yeah. you know, so that it sounds like that's what emerged um, rather than. And I think that's a big deal because you're not alone in going out to a country to make a difference. Um, But I don't hear everyone speak the way you're speaking, you know, Mm. as in acknowledging something deep about themselves. And, and if you were to do it again, you would, you would notice your assumptions and you would be listening more. Yeah, exactly. Because when I left, I was already 36 years old, which you would say like, now I know it all. Or that's what I thought, no? Now I know it all. No one can do me anything. I don't need to learn anything. And now you're 15, 15 years later and thinking, like, I didn't know it. I, I thought I knew it, but no. And you still learn so much on, mm. on, on your way and also about anything what's happening in, in the world and how you respond to things. Mm. Now it is it is very it was a very interesting one and a half year in South Africa for mm. sure and I would I would do it again but in a different way mm. knowing what I know now. Mm. You're reminding sure. me very much of when um, I lived in Lagos and in my first few months I got a job really quickly um, working. Um, my background is television, so um, I was working, but in a different way because I worked. Um, selling TV programs and now I was working for a company in production and I would uh, organize interviews arrange the interview questions and all sorts of things it was great but so I did have some challenges because I had very high expectations but they were mine I didn't share them with anybody I just would have them in my head like you will do this you will be on time you will do it this way you will do it that way and I didn't communicate and I'm passionate about communication and I didn't (laughs) you know I would just have these expectations and so when people didn't do things the way I expected it was actually on me it's not on them at all because and some of my expectations were completely inappropriate for the situation we were in or the circumstances or the you know, just like you say, the cultural norms, it was just entirely inappropriate. And so I was the one who had to go for a fast education. I went thinking they needed to catch up with me. But, (laughs) you know, it was really me who had to go through a fast immersion of being appropriate. And and once I did that, then I produced results, you know, Um, and everybody was happy and we'd have really effective dynamics. But yeah, yeah, it was an it was an interesting 
learning curve, which you've just, I haven't given that thought for a long time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we go, we go thinking we're bringing the change. There's an arrogance there almost. And, um, and yet the tables are turned on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and we it's go good, through it's the good change. to learn from it yeah it's yeah. good to learn from it and and you 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 keep it now in mind forever mm. i mean with with even being here in 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 the country in in spain i mean it's still and with friendships and family you you keep it in mind that you know don't just assume or don't just just think that you will know better there's always different options or oh for sure for sure mm. yeah absolutely yeah so true yeah mm. but then it, it was difficult to get back to uh spain because obviously yes i had you know my, my main focus now was on uh on this uh on this uh boy that i try brought from spain his name is from south africa some uh, from South Africa, sorry, and his name is Smanga. But uh, so my aim was make sure that he feels well here and he, you know, gets to know the culture. And that's and that was another thing for him, seeing him being shocked by the culture in Spain. Mm. And we would have like funny uh, conversations about it as well, uh, because obviously he had no idea where we where we was gonna go and how it was gonna uh, how it was gonna be and that some of things of his culture is not known here or he even had to adjust to some things that he was used to which is normal mm. in his country but it's not normal normal in in Europe so that was my main aim obviously and and I had to go back to office work. And I had to go back to my friends, and I did 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 feel that I was a bit like an outstander, or it was like I'm torn between two countries now, which I never had that much between Netherlands and Spain, mm. but I did with South Africa because my focus in South Africa was totally different than being in Spain. Now I had to be you know, meeting friends again, go for coffee, go for to the cinema and those things I hadn't been doing in, in South Africa because my, my whole days were filled in like helping people, being out there, always busy with uh, helping people. And now all of a sudden I had to change that again to make a life in, in totally different culture. Which which cost me a, a lot. It was very difficult to get back to living and and make sure that I was living okay in in Spain. It was mm. a very interesting uh, period as well. Mm. So change of culture can also shock you again or mm. your mindset. Your mindset. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I guess you had assumptions there as well. You know, when yeah. you return to your own culture, I noticed, I noticed exactly what you're talking about when I came home from China. So, you know, when I lived in China in my early 20s, I came mm -hmm. back making huge assumptions. Oh, it's England. I know how to do this. And, and then I was having to reintegrate myself. You know, yeah. it, it didn't just come. And, it, it you know, and it would show up in the smallest of ways, you know, standing in a queue and just a simple process would seem odd or seem my or my behavior would needed to adapt you know maybe I was yeah. too loud maybe I was too something you know it was it was interesting um yeah. and in addition to you assimilating yourself you're supporting a young person assimilate themselves um and presumably he didn't speak Spanish Smango right Oh, no. No, when he arrived, he didn't. So that was the first thing he had to mm. do. And uh, that's another process where we could understand each other because obviously I went through that process as well. Absolutely. Although his, his background, language background, it's way different than me learning Spanish, knowing already English, speaking Dutch. You know, it's those are different languages, but still you can you know learn a language like spanish 
but he came from knowing a very little, well, not very little, but he was, you know, short on English. And his uh, his language, his spoken language is Zulu, which got nothing to do with any of these other languages. So, yeah, he struggled a lot, but I, I could understand that. And um, after the first few months, he, he got... He got the idea, and as he also also in English, he's very good. He 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 picks up very good and very good the the accents and 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 the language and the grammar. So he picks up very quickly, and then obviously he got friends as well. And I I would notice if he would have been with his South American friends who speak Spanish obviously as well, but with a different accent than Spanish people, I could hear it when he you know was hanging out with his. South American friends because he will pick up the accent there but he was good he was very good and very quick and he also went to a good school so it was uh, I was very happy about that result mm. and now now he speaks Spanish like even better maybe than me. <laughs> <laughs> um and and does he feel that he's really for using that word again assimilated into living in Spain does he feel very at ease and at home in Spain yeah, he, he he does. He does, and also he he goes back once in a while for holidays to South mm. Africa, and uh, because he does really love his country, but mm. he also sees that now for him it would be like a struggle to go back because now people see him different in different eyes because he's been to Europe, he's been to Spain, so they have an idea of him like he's the the king in Spain, and he knows everything, and he must be rich. So uh, people back, uh, his friends um, will approach him differently now, but he does want to go back, that's for sure. He does have it in his mind, he wants to go back. But uh, in the meantime, he's enjoying Spain as well. It mm. has been a bit of struggle because um, Spain um, has only, like, uh, they had a dictator for like until 1974, um, if I'm correct. So that's not that long time ago. And they still have a, quite a big generation that's uh, racist. And he had to suffer that a lot. And he even sometimes mentioned to me that he even feels that Spain sometimes is more racist than South Africa because he lived with it his whole life. And he says in Spain, and that's another thing that I didn't know about Spain before I brought him here. Um, now, looking through his eyes and listening to his stories, yes, it's correct. He had, obviously now it's getting better as well. We're now 10 years later, 11 years later, and it gets better, uh, luckily. So, but he did have a bit of a struggle. Maybe it was also... You know, you're a new country. You have to see how do people do deal with racism. So he was always on on top of it and mm. and knowing what's uh, aware of what's happening around him. And uh, but yeah, he made me also see this side of Spain, which I do not really like. But yes, it is has been a a bit of a difficulty for him coming to mm. uh, Spain. But now, yeah, he speaks Spanish. He eats Spanish food. He loves Spanish foods. And besides Spanish foods, he eats all kinds of foods. He knows how to uh, eat with uh, chopsticks and things like that. He would, he never tried it before. But here, because he got a lot of international friends, he eats all kinds of food and loves everything. So, yeah, mm. it's been a, a long journey for him. But, yeah, mm. and he's happy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I hope he continues like that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, what what are you thinking of in terms of your plans? So he has maybe a long-term dream to return to his home in South Africa. And what about you? What what are you doing now and what are you thinking of doing? Oh, if you listen a bit to the stories, I never plan anything. <laughs> Everything just comes up and I just go there and I uh, stick there. But I do have in the back of my mind that I want to go to two different countries. I don't say I'm going to do it like today or tomorrow. 
I do have it in, in my mind. And my next country I have in my mind uh, would be Canada. And I've been there a couple of times for holidays. And um, Which part? I, and, well, I, lo I love the, the Toronto side. I like the city, but I also like the outskirts of, uh, of Canada. And then it's mainly or mostly the area around Vancouver. Not so much Vancouver itself, but in somewhere I can see myself uh, in the middle of nowhere, a lot of mountains, uh, a beautiful lake. And uh, uh, I would like to have like my own bed and breakfast little place somewhere. But that's an idea. And it's an idea. And normally if I have an idea in my head, I, I, I try to do or I'm planning already ahead. But I feel that I have to wait a bit. And I don't know if it's because of the family situation. Smanga um, still, you know, he's, for me, he's still young. Um, my mom, my mom in the Netherlands, Canada will be further away. So, so maybe I have to wait a bit. So country-wise, if I leave, I don't say I will or I will never leave Spain. But if I will leave. I think my next step is going to be Canada. I would love to. Uh -huh. but let's see. Let's see what, what comes. Because I also think, like, as I said, it's it's being lucky or catching opportunities or take that opportunity. Don't be afraid if something shows up and think about it in split second. Like, yes, I'm going to do it. So I think I think I'm waiting for something to come up to to give me that push to do it. Mm. I'm not afraid to change, but there is something that for this moment, I, I'm not doing it that now, now, now. Mm. And also, I mean, I'm quite happy what I'm doing now and it's, I'm traveling within Spain. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I work now, I stopped working at offices and I'm working as a, what they call a tour leader. And I go on holiday with people very bad, difficult job. <laughs> <laughs> and mainly I do it in, in Spain. I just go for 10 days or 12 days uh, to different cities in in Spain. And I make sure that the people have a great time, that they know where to go, make sure that everything, what's booked is uh, well booked and all uh, in place. And yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. So that part I like a, a lot to travel. Now mm. it's traveling around Spain, but I would not mind to do this also a bit more wider and travel around the world and see more of the world. So mm. maybe I can combine it with Canada. I don't know, something mm. like that. Mm. And and do you ever have um, Dutch people seek you out to take you around Spain, given that... You, you you know you speak the same language as they do so you're an advantage no i don't not for trips because mostly the people that uh, book these kind of trips that i do are american canadians uh, uh from australia because uh, obviously they come to uh, a whole different place for them and they find it more uh, uh secure if someone goes with them on the trip because mm. of the language, because of the knowledge of the places and so on. Uh, the I think if Dutch people, Dutch people do it more uh, like bus trips. If they want someone or a guide with it or a two leader, they, they will have it on more bus trips, not so much going through Europe. Maybe they will take, take a tour leader when they go to a Morocco or to, um, but what I do do in Madrid is for uh, a lot of uh, Dutch people is if they come here for events, you know, I, I will escort them from the hotel to the restaurant, from uh, uh, from the airport to the hotel and things like that. So that's more the people that come over for like a weekend. They, their uh, company has planned a, a weekend in Madrid and I'm the one who's making sure that the whole uh, uh, weekend is well organized and mm. and I'll take him everywhere. So, mm. yeah, that's where I do meet Dutch people. And it's, mm. more, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> mm. 
and you take all the stress away for them. You know, yeah. if you go on a business trip or a weekend trip and there's a lot to accomplish in a short space of time, it really makes yeah. a difference. As somebody used to travel for work all the time, a lot of yeah. time and energy goes into dealing with all the logistics. Um, exactly. and so if somebody's there to take uh, all that headache away, that's a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that's that's what I like. And then again, I'm I'm taking care of people. Mm. And that's in the end something that I, I like. I don't know why. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, it it actually now that you say that, I think that's what's motivated a lot of your choices, you yeah. know. Um and even your move to South Africa, it was well intentioned. Um, even though you deem it a failure but you know it came from a very good place within your heart um and exactly. yeah and taking care of smanga and and now yeah. taking care of all your travelers um and it must make a really big difference to a group of people who are on a you know because if you come from america canada or australia you've come far and you're coming for a short period of time you want to optimize the time you're spending you want to see yeah. it at its best um yeah. and you bridge the two languages so yeah. you know that they they're they're fully and, and the cultures and the, and the two cultures and the cultures yeah. and the, yeah. the expectation they have and what what they can expect in in europe or in spain because that also can ruin your holiday if you got some expectation and then like me not knowing about the culture and you get to Spain and then it's like, Oh, the rooms are smaller. Yeah. Because in Europe, the rooms are smaller in the hotels uh, comparing with, for example, uh, the United States. And it's, it's not mm. uh, because the hotel is wrong or something or the hotel is bad. No, in general, the rooms are smaller. There's a different kind of service that they give. So, and that's why I'm there to, you know, make understandable these kind of uh, mm. culture difference. And also tipping wise, tipping wise is a totally different culture thing in Spain comparing with an Australia or in, in the United States. So, yeah, it's uh, that's why people like to have someone local. I'm mm. not 100% local from Spain, but after so many years. I mm. think I can say I'm, I'm mm. local. Mm. So, yeah, and that's why, why I'm there, the tour leader. Mm. And, I and I'm am... also fun. I'm also fun. <laughs> I know where to eat well. <laughs> you, you tap into your natural entertainer that the um, director in Tenerife spotted so quickly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and also, do you think that um, uh, you were talking about expectations? Do you think that you said earlier that you learn a lesson um, and then you bring it back with you. Um, and like you said, going to South Africa, you discovered so much about what you thought was the way and then learning what was the way and you're adopting their way rather than imposing anything. And do you think that has you be empathetic, empathic and sympathetic to um, an American guest or Canadian Australian who's making a judgment or an expectation do you think that enables you to be gentle with them because you you know what it's like to be there 100 percent, because i've done it i've seen it and 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 there are differences and i love the differences mm. but you have to embrace those differences you have to be okay with it and you cannot it cannot be wrong or or right it's mm. it's a difference and that's why we travel that's why we go to look at places. That's why we want to know different places. Otherwise, you're a bad traveler, right? Mm. You have to be open to these kind of uh, differences. And as I said, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but there are differences and, and, and it's good to compare them. And it's nice to have also for me uh, to have this conversation with, with the clients about it. To, to also to get to know more about their country without me being actually in their country because they just tell me about it or they inform me about it or they tell me about what they uh, do in their country. or And that's very interesting uh, information as well. And I learn on every trip, I learn more and more. Mm. And also I learn from the questions that the clients ask me 
that I might not know or I might, you know, or open my mind like, okay, I didn't see it like that. But because a, a different traveler from another place will notice, sometimes they notice things and I'm like, oh, did you, you know, like, I didn't even notice it. And, uh, but that's because I'm used to Spain for now a long time. Or um, it's not such a, a big difference between the Netherlands and Spain, but it's very interesting. And I learn on every trip, I learn more about my the, the country, which is now my country, Spain. Um, then, um, yeah, and it, I'm open for it to, to hear it because mm. um, everyone sees it in a different way. So, yeah, mm. it's good. It's good. Mm. And and finally, I just want to touch on the point you've said a few times, because it is interesting. And I want to look at it a little bit more with you. You talk about luck or it being an opportunity. Now that you've talked all these things through, do you think it is really luck? Isn't it? Do, is it luck or is it more you're the one that sees something out of, you know, it's a discovery? That's why I call it luck or taking the opportunity. Because, yes, I'm lucky that, for example, that the director of the hotel saw potential in me to take him up. He didn't know me. He didn't see me. So, yes, he saw me. He saw me working in a restaurant, in another restaurant. He approached me. And um, and he said he could offer me a job at this hotel. And, obviously, I was, like, young and not bad looking and the first thing because you have these things on your mind like what does he want what does this man want you know so i'm lucky that he, i'm meeting him but then i have to take that opportunity knowing that maybe i'm doing something wrong but i've, I've been i've been always i've always thought on my mind if it doesn't work out i will go back to the netherlands and i had a safe home to go back to that's also a very important part. Every step, everything I've done, you know, even South Africa, every everywhere I've been, I always knew that if anything happens, I can go back home and mm. home, uh, meaning the Netherlands, where I have my parents who will back me up. So when I took the the the, the opportunity to go to this hotel and work there, I was lucky. But also I took the opportunity because sometimes maybe people get these kind of luck, but they don't take it because they think it's too big risk. People will think I'm crazy. People have thought that I'm crazy. People said to me, don't do it. Don't, you know, what are you doing? Why are you going there? But if you really want to, and make sure you have a backup plan. So I knew if I was going to get to the hotel and I'm going to start working and I will notice that, it's not what I expected, or maybe the, the director of the hotel had other intentions, I would have been gone, like mm -hmm. out. And I can, you know, and that's a thing, every step or all the opportunities you take, you have to um, think of a, a backup plan or mm -hmm. have it, have an idea, what will I do if it doesn't go mm -hmm. right? Um, but yeah, then a lot of people tell me all the time, like, oh, you've been so lucky with that job. And then I'm like, yeah, I, I was lucky, but also I took the opportunities. Mm. And the same with the job I was having when I went to South Africa, when I came back from South Africa, the company that I left took me back again. Um, oh, when you came back after a year and a half, they took yes, you back. they took me back. And... Obviously, that's also having a lot of luck because they, at that moment they were looking for someone new and they hired me back. But then again, I also was like taking the opportunity. I went with in 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 good um, uh, contact with the company. I um, we were in touch all, also during my time uh, within South Africa. They helped me out with a lot of things. They shipped goods from from Spain to uh, South Africa. Um, so it's it's luck, it's opportunities, and um, and and you have to do it. You you have to do it because I also have friends and families that say like, 
oh, I wish I did, would have done what you have done or I, I wanted to go. And I must say, I also have a friend who did it, changed country because I did it. I have a friend who changed her job because I changed from working in the office and going uh, to work as a tour leader. And I, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't do it on purpose, but she said like, if you can do it, if you can change your job, or you can change the country, I can do so too. And it's true. A lot of people think like, oh, it's, it's special. Lillian did, no, you have to do it, but you have to do it yourself. And you have to, I always think you have to have a backup plan and, and only do it if you really want to do it yourself. Mm. Beautiful. Yes. What a lovely message to complete our conversation yeah. with. Thank you so much. It's been really lovely. Um, thank you very, very much for sharing everything with me today. You're welcome. And hope I see you uh, next time somewhere. Yeah, somewhere that would be lovely. Place. It's been a very long time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Take care.